Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Recorded live. Welcome to the Spiritual Goat. Uh, with your boy, Brother Rod. Tonight, I'm your host, uh, your guest host. My name is Kelvin Lindsay. And um, tonight, we're going to just pick up where Brother Rod uh, leaves off. Basically, he passed the baton um, throughout this season to a couple of brothers to be able to deliver the word uh, to all of us. So tonight, I'm going to pick up the baton. hope to run with it with as much uh, fervor and with as much power uh, as our brother does every week or every two weeks when he delivers it. And, of course, his uh, sister Chandra prays in between each week. So try to pick up on that vein and um, hopefully teach all of us some things that reteach some things that we already know, which is really flowing in the vein where Brother Rod has been going all season. Uh, of course, <clears throat> Spiritual Go is brought to you by GoGospel.com, a great place to get a daily word and, of course, to get your Christian apparel. Um, tonight, as you can see from your outlines, if you have it in front of you, the topic is ready, aim, fire. I think it's um, important that we understand some of the principles that are in this tonight. Um, the title is not just um, not just about or in context of things that we might see and hear that's going on in the media uh, and across the country and across the world these days. Not only about that, but there are some things that we're seeing daily that are very relevant to what we have to talk about tonight. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, first, we know that in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Amen. What we want to talk about today is dealing with um, the state of the world and the state of the Christian army, because I believe that we should identify ourselves as. Um, this phrase, ready, aim, fire, is considered an interjection and is translated as a sequence of commands used to order soldiers to carefully fire their weapons. A soldier is a member of an army of any rank or someone who fights or toils well. Highlighted that so that you'll get that into your spirit. Someone who fights or toils well. We are soldiers. Uh, the reason we're discussing military terminology tonight is because we are engaged in a war. Whether you want to believe it or not, this is war. And if you're not entirely convinced that you're a part of the war, I want you to read some with me some verses that I think will hopefully remind us of exactly where we are in history, starting with Revelation 12, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to read these real quick for you. Uh, 13 through 17 says, when the dragon saw, this is from the New International Version as well. So if you're reading in a different translation, just bear with me. This is a translation that I'm using tonight. Uh, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half a time, out of the serpent's reach. 
Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who would keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. That's Revelation 12, 13 through 17. When we move up to the next chapter, Revelation 13, check out verse 5 through 10. It says, the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. Say that again. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. I think that's real important, patient endurance and faithfulness, especially with all the things that we see that are going on around the world right now. A lot of stuff that you'll see and you hear about that happen on a daily basis, um, maybe not in your own communities, but in communities around you or across the country that can get under your skin, that can make you upset, cause you to rise up in your in your emotions and your spirit, and, and we want to act out, we want to say things. But that last part of that verse is very important. We have to have patient endurance and faithfulness Amen. and let God continue to do his work. So these things, uh, these verses um, basically have shown us that the enemy has declared war against the people of God. So in order to defeat an enemy, anytime you're in a war, you're in a battle, you have to understand your enemy. You have to understand exactly what it is that they're bringing to the table so that you know how to counteract those things. So we need to understand the enemy's strategies and tactics. And I've jotted a couple of them down here for you. Now, specifically, we need to know what the enemy's purpose is. John 10.10 says it very clearly. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. So if you define steal, it simply says to take without permission or right, to move, go, or come secretly, quietly, or unobserved. To take without permission or right to move, go, or come secretly, quietly, or unobserved. So what does the enemy steal from us on a daily basis? How does he do this? How does he get away with all this stealing that he does on a daily basis? What is he taking from us? How about joy? Mm-hmm. Something that God gives freely to his children. He wants us to, to have joy at all times. This is one thing that separates Christians from everybody else in the midst of all the turmoil that goes on in the world. Joy is one thing that we should have in our hearts at all times because we know ultimately what the result of all this carnage and all the crazy stuff that we're seeing is going to be. 
We know who we serve. That alone should give us joy. But the enemy wants to steal that. That's part of our testimony. So how does he steal joy from us? All right, so everybody got a testimony. I'm sure this if this hadn't happened to you yet and you got a driver's license anywhere in the world, keep driving. It will happen. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic, right? Somebody's going somebody to do something crazy to you and then shoot a bird at you because they think you're wrong, even though you're obeying traffic laws. Somebody's going to do something crazy to you and blame you as though you're the problem. Simple mm-hmm. little stuff. Just all kind of little things just to get up under your skin. You're going to go to work, your boss or your coworker, somebody's going to say something a little bit stupid. Mm-hmm. They're really going to set you to pretty much see you in the wrong direction. And you can go there if you want to. But if you right. do, you basically, essentially, are letting the thief come right in and take your joy right on away from you for that day. How does, he steal, how does he steal, like, money? Some of the things that we have, you, you go to work every day, you come home, something tear up in the house, you know, you think you got everything, you know, going well in your life, just all kind of little small things just start happening. You having to shell out money here or there, cars start breaking down, and I had money saved up for this. I was going on this trip. Now I got to get this for my son. got to get this for my daughter. I'm planning on this. Man, throwing all my stuff out. Man, I, I ain't got time for all this. Okay. And we say, all right, I'll use all these little things, all this little kind of stuff just to start happening around you. And I'm going to take your joy away. I'm going to have you shutting out your little money here and there that you thought you were going to use for this and that. You're going to bless somebody with? Nope. Got some for all that. Mm. Ultimately, you want to steal your peace. How are you going to do that? Okay, so you worked all day. You, know, you got cut off in traffic. Your joy gone. You know, you, you had to spend a little extra money on the car because something messed up, so now your money gone. Last thing you have is, all right, well, ultimately I can get home. I can have peace of mind. Sit back, throw my feet up, just kind of de-stress on the day. But when you walk in the door, your wife kick off her heels and her business skirt. She turned into Petty Betty. She started fussing about little things. Oh, I ain't do this with the trash. Oh, why you ain't do this? Oh, where is this? Why you put this down? Why you ain't do this like that? So then you take off your little shirt and tie, you become petty walk. You going back and forth. And y'all just doing y'all little thing, fussing and arguing about nothing. So right. basically, the enemy was sitting on the couch waiting on you so he could take the rest of your little piece away for the day. And now your whole day is trashed. You ain't got no joy. You stole your little money. You gave the piece away <laughs> at the door. It's horrible. These are things yeah. that he just quietly comes in every day and he will utilize things, people around you, scenarios around you to take these things that we should hold precious to ourselves. He'll come in and take those things right away, right up on, right out from under our noses with little things, just small things that will aggravate us and get, get, a, get on our nerves and get us to a point where we don't even realize what we just lost. Right? Amen. How does he kill? What, is, what does he do? What is he trying to kill? Well, let's define what kill means. He wants to put an end to or cause the failure or defeat of something. I think it's obvious that we know that if we're in a war, the, the strategy of the enemy is going to be to defeat us. But what is he trying to defeat? He wants to take down our dreams, our aspirations, our goals, basically the things that motivate us to keep working hard, 
and to keep a positive attitude. So how does he do that? How's he gonna you know, how does he take those things away from us? Basically doing the same things I just mentioned. He surrounds us with negativity. And I mentioned to you guys before, um, like after a Bible study, what I believe the enemy's weapon of choice is right now is or all forms of media outlets. Social media, television, radio, anywhere that, that any place that you can get information is the enemy's weapon of choice right now. Because these are unfiltered sources of just pure information that we can get from anywhere. We don't have to know the backgrounds of anybody that puts something on the internet. All we have to do is search for a topic that's somewhat related to it, and we'll get whatever anybody has put out there about it, whether we agree with it or not, whether it's censored or not, whether it's whatever whatever context it comes is exactly what's there to be seen and read by anybody. Um, There's no regulation on this. So what better way for an enemy to start getting to the minds of people of God that are trying to keep their minds stayed on God, trying to renew their minds in the word on a daily basis, than to keep filling them with hopeless images, all types of death, terror, destruction, poverty, sex, suffering, pain, anything that can keep us off, keep our minds off of God and keep us away from God. He can shove it straight to us on our phones, our tablets, our computers, through the TV. We can hear it on through our songs or radio. Any way that he can start pumping our heads full of this stuff is how he kills our dreams and aspirations. He's trying to kill our hope. Mm. Hope that there's going to be a good end out of all this story. Out of all this craziness that we're seeing, he wants the people just to basically feel hopeless. Once you start feeling hopeless and you realize, all right, well, I don't, I don't really... I don't know what I'm going to church for. Mm. Look at all this stuff going around here. Right, right. What am I doing this for? Nothing's changing. It's getting worse. This is exactly what he wants because he can kill your hope. Then the final part will basically be inevitable. He wants to destroy us. Pay attention to this definition. Destroy means to put an end to the existence of something. Mm. Just a moment here. Jump back up to this. Put an end to the existence of something by damaging or attacking it, to ruin someone emotionally or spiritually, to defeat someone utterly. That's real powerful. Amen. So what is he seeking to destroy? He's going to steal your hopes and steal your joy, steal your dreams. He's going to kill all your hope so that he can destroy your faith. Because if the enemy can destroy our faith. Come on now. If our faith in God is destroyed, then based on this definition above, we are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So just look at the definition again. To put an end to the existence of something by damaging or attacking it. To ruin someone emotionally or spiritually. To defeat someone utterly. If we don't have faith in God anymore, by definition, we will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So now we know exactly what he's doing. How in the world are we supposed to fight this? Good news is we don't have to do it alone. We already know this. We know who we serve. Jeremiah 50, 25 says, The Lord has opened his arsenal and brought out the weapons of his wrath 
for the sovereign Lord Almighty has work to do in the land of the Babylonians. That's true today. Is this still the land of the Babylonians? Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 10, 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We don't need those because that's all that we're fighting against. Strongholds, principalities, powers, not people. Strongholds, principalities, and powers. So how we do this? We have to get ready. When the leader says get ready, you have to start preparing. If you're not prepared for victory, you're prepared for defeat, period. You have to start any war by being well prepared. You got to train. You got to get your mind right. You got to get your body right. Your spirit must be in check. Joel 3 and 9 says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. It's important that you have to prepare for war. You have mm-hmm. to study your Bible. You have Come to on. pray. Mm-hmm. More importantly, you have to self-evaluate. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and recognize what is it that's going on in my life that the enemy's been attacking. Mm-hmm. Where am I ineffective? I'm a mm-hmm. soldier. I have a specific purpose in this army of God. So what is it that the enemy is using to distract me, to defeat me in my personal life? Because I need to speak directly to those things, speak the word directly to those things, and get rid of those things to run Mm -hmm. the enemy away from whatever it is in my life so that I can be more effective in this fight. Right. But we have to take a look at ourselves and not looking at everybody else and everything around us, assuming that all the hell that's going on in our own lives or around us is just because, well, this is somebody else is bringing all this hell to me. A lot of things that we have to do ourselves to reflect upon and say, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not definitely not what I used to be, but I got still got a lot of things I need to work on. If we really are honest with ourselves, some of the little small things that we get into it with, you know, with other people about, if we really look at ourselves, and take a good look and say, you know what? I could have probably handled this differently. Not necessarily about who was right or wrong. I probably could have taken this step. And in doing so, by humbling myself, I might have witnessed to them. I might have helped them understand this is what God is like. This is one of the things that God gives his people, the ability to be humble, to step back and say, I don't have to be right. I don't have to always be, you know, the first to do this or on top of this and always write about this and that. I can sit back and say, you know what? God handles everything. God is in control of everything. It's not my job to sit up here and, and, you know, preach to everyone about who's right, who's wrong, this or that. Little things like that. If we just look at ourselves and say, hey, hold on. I'm not being a true reflection of God. I'm not allowing him to renew me and my mind and my soul and my spirit. If I'm not able to sit back and say, all right, I'll shut my mouth now and I'll let you do the work on me, God. Maybe I might not be wrong in this scenario, but I'm not going to agitate it anymore because you're in control. I want you to. I want you to be glorified in this small situation, whatever it is. Little things like that that we can do on a daily basis. I think will really help us be more effective soldiers. All right? I know we're getting short on time. I'm going to go ahead and shoot through it. Um, When you get to a point where you're preparing and you're in preparation, the next command you'll hear is to aim. If you got your weapon in your hand, you got to focus. And you can focus on one or two things. You can focus on the enemy. And when I said earlier about the enemy is not the person that you're seeing. When we talk about all the stuff that we've seen in the media recently, 
the enemy, our true enemy, wants us to believe that it's us against somebody else on this earth. It's black mm-hmm. versus white, right? Mm-hmm. It's Christian versus Muslim. Mm-hmm. Everything is based on me versus you. Mm-hmm. It's me in this town versus you in that town. It's my state versus your state. East versus west, north versus south, whatever. It's always based on, okay, well, our people have to rise up and fight against this people. Our true enemy is the one that's directing these people. Mm-hmm. We know exactly what's going on with police shootings and all these types of things. Me and Brother Rod talked about it before. I hope we can talk about this after the discussion tonight. I believe it's definitely a tactic of the enemy that the media continue to hype these stories about police-involved shootings. I remember 20 years ago, 25 years ago, pretty much all you got on the TV in terms of violence and talking about things that were going on in the communities was bloods and crips, drugs, mm-hmm. stuff that was going on in our own communities. You didn't hear anything about police-involved shootings, police violence. You knew what was going on. You could hear it in rap music. That was about the only way you'll hear about it. It wasn't part of mass media. It's just funny to me now how Everything is, is completely changed. And now every time anything involving a white officer, a black male, is pretty much going to get thrown directly to the front of the media, front of your TV screen. It's a purpose behind that. And it's not just because we need to be aware. Right. There's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Enemy wants us to wage war one against another. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those tactics that he can use. Okay, we're going to bring all this stuff up so that you're going to have to pick sides eventually because race now is becoming one of those hot-button topics. Now everybody has an opinion about it based on what they're seeing. Definitely not saying that some of the things you're seeing are not indeed racist acts, not indeed things that are unjustified, but we need to know who's causing all of this. Not just people that you're seeing, but there's somebody that's behind this that's directing this, influencing people, to do these mm-hmm. things and that are influencing people to show them to us for a specific purpose. So we need to focus on that enemy, identify his tactics so we can speak the word to it, pray against it, defeat it at whatever, at whatever cost that it takes. And we also have to focus on our leader. We have to renew our minds. We have to stay focused on the word of God, continue to wash ourselves, pray, die to ourselves daily in order to be effective and to be used. All right. The last point is of the uh, commands is basically to fire. That means basically to activate. You need action. All right? James 2 and 17 says, in the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Come on. James 2 and 22, you see that his faith and his actions are working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. We can't just pray. We can't just talk. We can't just march, demonstrate. We can't just, you know, uh, uh, send out nice things or encouraging words over over the phones and, you know, post different things that hopefully will, will encourage somebody only. We have to do things. We have to live actively. Mm-hmm. We have to be witnesses of what God has called us to be actively every day. That's the difficult part. Because a lot of times, based on what we're seeing, we don't want to be witnesses for God. We want to get all this anger and all this frustration out. That's why we have to die daily to this flesh, because ultimately, with all the negativity that's surrounding us, if we don't kill this flesh daily, 
and submit to God's word, submit to God's will on a daily basis, we will start letting the flesh rise up. And we will start acting just like our enemy wants us to act. We have to separate ourselves. I hope that these things that we learn tonight and that we've, you know, basically rehearsed that we already know will help us to start rethinking how we're doing things on a daily basis. We need to change our perspective on what's going on around us. We need to engage in this war that we're a part of because it is a war. We have to choose to fight the right enemy and stop the friendly fire, stop focusing on one another and realizing that the enemy is not one that we can see, but he's influencing everything around us. We have to humble ourselves, self-examine, in order to become better soldiers. Each of our roles are vital. I just want to share one last thing with you all. reason that this was very important to me, was, um, and I was really glad. I know it's already time to, to wrap it up. But um, when Rod said he wanted me to speak tonight, it was real important because this time last mm-hmm. year, actually on this exact date last year, September 29, 2015, I got the worst news of my life, right? So I'm at the hospital with my dad. Of course, all of you, you know, most of you already know my mom uh, was in the hospital at this time last year. At this point, she had been on life support for 24 days. Um, I got called to the hospital, met with my dad and the doctors, and the doctor basically said, hey, mom's small intestine is dead, which essentially means once it starts uh, decomposing, it's going to break up inside of her body. And even though we have on sedatives right now, no amount of drugs in the world could basically keep her from the pain that'll happen when these toxins get into her body. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, she was going to die. And we had to prepare, get ready. We had to prepare to end her life. Mm-hmm. So what we had to do is we sat around and said, all right, we could either focus on, you know, why this happened, how did this happen, or we can focus on what we learned from her. My mom lived 65 years. I lived 38 years with her. She taught me a lot in 38 years. So I focused on what it was that she taught me. My brother and I had several conversations about the good things that we remember about my mom, the fact that we didn't miss opportunities with her. We lived good lives with her. So that was powerful. But our focus stayed on that as opposed to how she was going to end her life. Ain't mm-hmm. right? Finally, mm-hmm. five, they had to come where it had to end um, instead of, you know, being completely defeated and realizing this was the end of our life, we celebrated. We realized, man, this is an opportunity that most people don't have. We have the honor of basically ushering my mother into heaven. And we did that. This is a, I count that as a privilege. Um, the fact that she saw me take my first breath, I saw her take her last breath. That's a beautiful thing. Not everyone has that opportunity, and I thank God for it because it changed my perspective about life and death and what we're to do in between the time. So I hope that that encourages you in a certain sense, even though something might look like it's the worst situation you've ever seen, the worst thing in your life, your perspective can be completely changed. It can be the most rewarding experience in your life if you change your perspective. All right. So just realize what we're doing here. Change your perspective. Think about everything. Look at everything not just as black and white because there's color and all of this. And that color represents spiritual things that are going on around us. Let's go to God in prayer so we can wrap this up. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for 
the opportunity to speak tonight. Yes, God, we already we already thank you, Lord, for confirming these things that we know to be true in our hearts and our minds. We thank you, God, that this word did not fall on deaf ears, oh God. We yes, thank God. you that it's it's fertilized and it's it's planted somewhere in good soil right now, God, in, in your people's hearts and their minds, oh God. I pray that most importantly when someone needs it, God, someone needs to remember your word that is planted and that it will come to them at a time where they, they need it the most. Yes, I thank you for the opportunity to sow this into someone's life. God, we ask you to just bless everyone that's on this line, bless their families, bless their loved ones, bless everyone they come in contact with. We pray that we're strengthened and empowered by what's going on here tonight, God. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.